want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. It's right after Jeremiah, if you're looking for it. Right before Ezekiel. Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations. He wrote it while he was during the, the captivity when Jerusalem was destroyed and by the Babylonians. He had prophesied it would be so, and people didn't give heed to him, and they persisted in their rebellion. I want you to pick up with me in Lamentations 3, verse 21. We'll read through verse 25. This, this I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto, unto them that wait for him, to the, to the soul that seeks him. We're just going to stop right here. But he says in verse 21, this I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. We're going to talk about this morning that the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and the hope that is renewed by faith in Jesus Christ when we get before the Lord and bring these things to remembrance, the faithfulness of God, the compassion of God, and that it's new every morning. No matter what has transpired over 2022, the last year, or the last days or, or years of your life, no matter whether it's good or bad, successful or unsuccessful, whether it was sort of mundane and routine or exciting, whether it was satisfying or disappointing, God's mercies and his faithfulness and his compassion are fresh and new every day, every single day. No matter what has transpired in the past, good or bad, God's mercy and his faithfulness to us, the Bible says, are new every morning. Remember, Jeremiah is writing this at the time of the captivity of his people. The whole nation has been either killed or taken captive. They tore down the temple the Babylonians did and burned it down. The city's been destroyed. <clears throat> and the people have rebelled against God, and he brought this judgment. And he was faithful to God during the midst of this. And even in his faithfulness, nobody listened to him. He's doing what God told him to do, and nobody listens to him. They throw him in a prison twice and in a dungeon twice, and God gets him out of there. But the point is, he's still saying, I have hope. I have hope when I call to mind the faithfulness of God. He knew in his heart of hearts, as revealed by the Holy Spirit, and probably by practical experience, that the mercies and compassions of God are fresh and new every morning. That great is thy faithfulness, O God. And so God would say to us, to each of us this morning, no matter what failures, no matter what hardships, no matter what disappointments you have had, no matter what setbacks, no matter what heartaches, I can look around and know the heartaches of, of some that are here today. No matter uh, unfulfilled commitments that you made a vow, like Buck was talking about, and a resolution to do such and such for God, and we didn't keep it. Unkept commitments, unkept vows, whatever the situation, God's mercies are fresh and new today. His compassions are new today. And he wants us to know that God's mercies and compassions towards sinful people towards us. They're not old. His compassions and mercies are not old. They're not stale. They're not, haven't run dry. They haven't run empty. They haven't been spent up or used up. They haven't run out. They're not absent. They're not powerless. They're not useless. They're not removed from us or withheld from us. Hallelujah. 
the mercies and compassions of God. He's not withholding them from us. He hasn't used them all up on other people or on us in the days past. They're fresh and new every morning. His mercy and his faithfulness are great, and they're new. They're new. What does that word mean, new means? It means just what you think it would mean. It means new. It means fresh. It means a new thing. Fresh and a new thing. And it's fresh and new every morning. Jeremiah recalled this to mind. He recalled this to his mind. And you and I must recall to mind the faithfulness of God. Because we forget. We're human beings. And we get stuck in our little boxed-in world, and we see the bad things around us, and we don't like the circumstances, and it seems like they've been going on a long time, and we forget the faithfulness of God. But Jeremiah had to recall it to his mind. It was something he did. It was a choice that he made. This I recall to mind. Therefore, because of that, have I hope. I have hope because I recall to mind the faithfulness of God. And I was thinking about in that in Second Peter, it's only three chapters. We're, we're not turning there, but there's four times in three chapters that the apostle Peter stir, speaks to stir up the people to remember something, some truth of God, some faithfulness of God. I'm just going to quote or paraphrase these real quickly. Paul, Peter says, I want to put you always in remembrance of these things. He says, though you know them already. Everything, there's nothing, gonna, nothing you're going to hear in this sermon you haven't heard before. You know him already, but he goes, I want to put you always in remembrance of things. He saw that as part of his responsibility as a minister of the gospel. Another scripture in that, that epistle says, stir, up your, stir you up by putting you in remembrance of these things. Another says, have these things always in remembrance. And another scripture says, to stir up your pure minds in remembrance. That was an, that's an important part of having a blessed new year, okay? A blessed tomorrow, a blessed next day, next week, next month, a blessed future is to remember God's faithfulness. It is important to do that. We talk about it at Thanksgiving. We have a Thanksgiving service. What can you be thankful for? And we thank the Lord. But it's important for us to stir up our minds to remember the faithfulness of God. And to, to be able to, to rest there, to be able to hang on right there, to find a, a place of strength right there in recalling to mind the faithfulness of God. And his faithfulness is new every morning. His mercy and his faithfulness is, is to us and it's for us. It's not just some attribute of God that's detached from us. It's an attribute of God that is to us and for us. His mercy, his compassions, that they fail not. They're fresh every morning. And so you and I can start over. This is a New Year's sermon. This is a New Year's sermon, okay? And we're talking about starting over, beginning again. Yeah, I was afraid Buck was going to preach my whole sermon uh, and take, take it over. And I was just going to sit down and say amen. But you and I can start over. You and I can begin again. Our hope is renewed and it's renewed day by day in the Lord. Amen? Day by day. Like, you know why it's renewed day by day? Because that's how often we need it. It's not like we can do it now and then we'll catch up next year and get a little more hope at the end of, in, end of this coming year. We need that. We need the Lord's mercy and compassion to be fresh and new to us. You might say to yourself, I've said it before, as a Christian, as a believer. We're talking about to believers this morning. Uh, I really blew it yesterday. Or this morning, 
What did you blow? I blew my testimony. I blew it for the Lord. I blew it royally. You know, I blew it big time. And I'm a Christian. I love the Lord, but I blew it. I got in the flesh. I did something I shouldn't have done, said something I shouldn't have said. Well, hallelujah, you can start over right now. The mercies of God and the compassions of God, they fail not, and they're fresh every morning. You remember how often God sent the manna to the Israelites when they were 40 years in the wilderness? I know that you know. How often did he send it? Once a week and stockpile it for the week, for the month, for the year, that they were to gather what was needed for today. Just get what you need for today. Well, what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? We worry about tomorrow and we fret. We fret. God says, just gather what you need today. Am I not faithful? Will I not be there for you tomorrow as well? What are you so worried about? Have I ever been unfaithful to you? Have I ever showed myself unfaithful to you? Gather the manna today. Eat it. Enjoy it. Rejoice in it. Be thankful. Be satisfied by it. Take as much as you need for you and your family. It's all here. And guess what? Tomorrow I'll meet you right back here. And if I give you another day, I'll meet you right back here again. And if I call you home, you'll be with me, and you'll be taken care of. God is trying to teach us that it's today. It's fresh today. It's on the ground today. The Lord is here to meet with us today. He's not a God of the past. He's the God of the, God of the dead, but the God of the living, Jesus said. Wherefore, as the scriptures say it today, if you will hear his voice. That's when I need the Lord. I need God today, and I need to hear his voice today. You can seek God today. You can serve God today. If you're not saved, you can be born again today. You can keep your commitment to Jesus Christ today. You can answer the call of God upon your life today. You can believe the promises of God today. Well, I doubted him yesterday. You can believe him today. I'm gonna, I can start studying God's word today. I can encourage the body of Christ today. I can preach the gospel of salvation today. I can witness to people that don't know the Lord today. I can come to the altar today. It's a blessing. It's a blessing from the Lord. You know, there's a term in golf. And if anybody that knows me knows I don't play golf, okay? I don't play it well. My boys are both here. They know and they've seen, and there's a term in golf called a mulligan, right? A mulligan. Reynolds could probably tell us where that came from. But a mulligan is you, you, if you, on the first tee, you can agree with whoever you're playing with. Hey, first tee or however many tees, for me, it would be a lot. Uh, you know, if you hit a bad shot on your, your first drive, you can drop another one and play it, just as though that first one never happened. It's a fresh new start. That wouldn't work on the PGA Tour, okay? But for, for people like me, it's a very beneficial thing. Uh, but it's fresh. It's a fresh new start. God gives us a fresh new start every day. He doesn't just pat us on the back and permit our failures and sins against him. He forgives us and he strengthens us and builds us up and sets us back on our feet and gives us like a, a new vision and a new uh, pursuit of the Lord. Amen. And we can pursue the Lord now. He's given us our past, and I'm thankful for it. Praise God for it. But he's given us today, and that's a blessing. We say this scripture all the time, but when I think about it in the context of what we're talking about, David says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, it's like sometimes we think, well, when Christmas holidays get here, I'll rejoice. When such and such happens, when I get my house paid off, I'll rejoice. When I get whatever, graduate from school, I'll rejoice. When I finish this trial, I'll rejoice. When I get healed, I'll rejoice. 
And, the, and the, the thought and the teaching of the word of God throughout is, no, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, in this day, and in the God of this day, my Lord and Savior. Amen. He's given us today, and it's a blessing. When you really think about it, it's a blessing. And God would say to us all this morning, he would say, don't waste it. Don't fail to believe him. Don't fail to lay hold on Christ. Don't fail to lay hold on his precious promises that he's made to us. Paul said, Paul said, uh, wherefore, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. So we're in a new year, right? We're in a new year. We're facing, a, starting today, a whole new year that's coming if, if the Lord allow, tarries that long or allows us to live that long. But he said, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to the things that are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I wonder sometimes, what, are, what am I waiting for? What are we waiting for as a people? What am I waiting for? It's almost like we... we we keep thinking, we kick the can down the road. We kick the can down the road. We procrastinate. We put off. And, we, and I just wonder, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for at, that we're not laying hold on the promises of God and living this New Testament Christian life that he's called us to live? Because it's very possible. When he sent out his disciples, it says the Lord went with them, working with them, signs and wonders following, right? performing miracles in their presence. He's not sending us out there on our own, but I wonder sometimes what are we waiting for? We sit back, we listen, we say amen, we believe it all, and we leave it, and we go out, and nothing's changed, and nothing's different. This is a new year. It's a fresh new start. And I wonder what are we waiting for? And I say, you know, what are the, some of the excuses? And they, they can't be reasons. They have to be excuses. I've had them before. Possibly we're disappointed by past failures. And so we're not really excited about pressing on in the future because we're still disappointed. I tried that before and failed. Some commitment to the Lord, something that we, we said we were going to do in the name of Jesus and we failed and we didn't do it. Possibly we think we've got all the time in the world and we don't have any sense of urgency to follow after the Lord, to really start gaining new ground. But there, is a, there needs to be a sense of urgency. That's, a, that's biblical. That's in the scriptures. Wherefore, saith he, awake, thou that sleepest. He's speaking to believers. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Wherefore, be not unwise, but knowing what the will of the Lord is, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Amen? He's saying, awake, wake up. You're just slumbering. You're just sleepwalking through life as a Christian. Read my Bible, say my prayers, go to church, start another day. Don't do all these bad things and everything's good. But no, there's a whole life that God has for us. Somebody needs to lay hold on it. I would love to see somebody really lay hold. And it's obvious and they're like a Roman candle just shooting off, taking off. You see, you see the worldly things going behind them and a zeal for God and a hunger for God. And I want to be a pastor and I want to be a missionary and I want to... My school to be kids, you know, getting on fire for the Lord and adults getting on fire for the Lord. God wants us to do that. I would say this. Don't spend the rest of your life dwelling on the past of your life and the failures. Don't spend. Some people get stuck. Whatever age, whatever uh, point in their life, their marriage, whatever, they get to a point, boom. 
and maybe some tragedy happened, and that was like the end. They kept living another 30 years, but that was the end. There was no more gaining new ground. It, to them, it was all over. But God would have called you home if it was all over. It's not all over. It's not all over. Get a hold of God and see what he wants to do in and through and for you in your life. Don't spend the rest of your days dwelling on the past of your days, successful or on an unsuccessful, heartaches or whatever it may be. Only thing we need to remember from those past days, y'all, is the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. I know that you know the account in the Bible of Joseph. Joseph was sold in the Old Testament by his brothers, right? They were jealous of him. God had a special plan for Joseph's life. They sold him as a slave. They wanted to kill him. Then they decided to uh, make a little profit, and they sold him to some Ishmaelites. He got sold to Potiphar in Egypt. Well, God had a whole plan because a famine was coming, and God was going to use Joseph to preserve life and to keep the Israelite, the whole nation, Jacob, and the whole 70 souls that ended up coming there. But he, God made Joseph to prosper in Egypt. First he was a slave, then he was a prisoner, wrongly accused, then he was a prime minister. <laughs> that always blows my mind how that happened. You know, if you were just looking, he sold, his brothers are jealous, they hate him, they sold him as a slave. He's walking to Egypt as a slave. He serves as a slave and he's faithful at what he does. And God caused Potiphar's house to, to prosper because of Joseph being there. And then he's falsely accused, and, and Potiphar believes his wife instead of Joseph, and he's thrown into prison. He helps some people in prison, and they forget all about him. So remember me when you get out of here, okay? And they forget all about him. He's just going down, down, down. He can't get any more down than that. And in an hour, they say, shave up. He can go, and he, he interprets a dream for Pharaoh, and he makes him prime minister. You couldn't write that. You couldn't make that up in a fairy tale. That's a real person. He became prime minister of the most powerful nation in the world, and God made him prosper there. My point of this is he wasn't bitter. He wasn't bitter. He could have been bitter, and he could have used, we all know it, could have used that position of power and authority when he did see his brothers bowing down, begging for food, and they needed some to bring home to just so they could live. Boy, he could have had, let them have it right then. He did not let them have it. He forgave them because you know what? He had already forgiven them a long time before that. And you know what he named his first son? You probably know this. It means the Lord has made me to forget. He named his first son that. He didn't forget God. He, he, he forgot the pain. He forgot the heartache. He forgot the disappointments. He forgot the bitterness. All he remembered, God made me forget all of that. Therefore, I can love you and I can forgive you. God made him do that. When we look back at our past disappointments, God wants us to forget the sting of it, the pain of it, the heaviness of it, the depression of it, the disappointment, the heartbreak of it. He wants us to look back. If, we look at, if we're looking back, do like Jeremiah and recall to mind the faithfulness of God. And because he does, and we do remember that, he gives us hope. Amen? He gives us hope. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, we all know the passage, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set behind us. Is that what it says? Let us run the race that is set beside us. No, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. 
before us. It is a race that is set before us, no matter how old you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter how many times you've failed the Lord, or people have hurt you or whatever in the past, no matter any of that, right now, today, still, there's a race set before you. God said it there. I say it all the time when I'm sharing with the boys at Parkview. You know, some run, run track and field or different sports they play. Uh, in, in track and field, there's all kinds of different events. And you wouldn't take a guy that's 6'6", 280, and, and have him running, doing pole vaults, you know, or, or, or probably sprinting. He's going to be throwing the discus or the javelin or the shot put. And the real tall, lanky guy who weighs a buck ten, he's going to be running the distance running and so forth. There's a race that the, the coach would, would choose pretty much the event for the most part. You look like a sprinter. You're fast. You're going to run the four-by-four, you know, relay. Uh, but there's a race that God has set before us, and it is before us. It's not behind us. It's not, and we, we do it looking unto Jesus. Well, that's forward, isn't it? That's upward and forward. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of, of my faith. If he started it, he's also going to finish it. He's going to finish all that concerns me in this life. I want to go out with a full reward whenever I do go out. I want to go out without a bunch of regrets. I want to go out uh, saying, I, like Paul, I've fought the, fi the fight, right? I've run the race. I've finished my course. Well, his life was cut short. No, it wasn't. It was cut exactly when it was supposed to be cut. He finished his course. John lived a lot longer. You know, John lived longer than all the other disciples. Uh, he's, he finished his course. We got to finish our course, amen? And we need to remember the faithfulness of God. Therefore, I have hope. The word hope means a joyful expectation. A joyful expectation. So I want to just ask the question. I'm not looking for an answer. I just want you to think about it, okay? How do you view tomorrow? What's your overall sense about this coming year, for example, or, or this day, tomorrow, this week? What's your overall take on it, just for you personally in your life? Think about it for a second. What's, what, what's your mindset, and what are you expecting in the days ahead? I can tell you whatever we're thinking, God wants us to believe him for great things. Whatever I'm thinking, I may have really low expectations way down here and God wants me no you're thinking about what you can do you're thinking about people around you you're thinking about circumstances you're thinking about how it's been in the past but I want you to believe me I want you to believe Moses why do you stand still he says why are you standing here Moses get up there stretch out your staff and part the Red Sea tell the people to go forward that's what he told Moses. Why are you standing